right, good afternoon or good morning, good night, whatever you prefer. It's Better's Last Stand with you here today. Show number 76 coming to you from the Pine Room Studios in luxurious downtown Wheeling. Well, we had another really good week last week. Uh, we were up over 28 units if you don't count the golf action. If you count the golf action, we were up over 70, about 74.85 units on the week uh some of that thanks to myself some of the most of it thanks to sam and his wonderful race pick of daniel suarez cashing it 30 to 1 or better uh, across the board he also had ryan blaney for a top five finish and blaney could have won the race as well and he finished second in the race so it was a good week uh, i gave out a pretty good golf play with jake knapp around 40 to 46 to 1 somewhere in that range uh, so that one cashed. He uh, he kind of asserted control on Saturday and was not going to look back. He uh, kind of just destroyed the field on uh, Sunday and uh, just, you know, actually Saturday destroyed the field and then Sunday he just kind of held on, played mistake-free golf. So it was a, a good weekend for us. Again, uh, up uh, 28 about 28.5 units, 28.35 units, not counting the golf. But with the golf, we were up over 70, as I said, 74.85. That's back-to-back golf winners. We had Hideki Matsuyama last week, Jake Knapp this week. Hideki was around 75 to 1, Jake Knapp 46 to 1, somewhere in that range between 40 and 50. You can find them on nine of our 14 golfers that we gave out. Last week were uh, good to make the cut, so that's a good start. Once you make the cut, then you know you can uh, get a lot of uh, different you know avenues. But you got to make the cut, obviously, to get a top five, ten, twenty, whatever, uh, even top thirties and forties that some places offer. You got to make the cut first. So making the cut is the most important part. And we had nine of the fourteen golfers we gave out make the cut. We had a pair of top threes and three top tens on the week. So a uh, strong, strong week for us in golf once more. Not quite as good as last week, but pretty good. Uh, and then in racing, uh, uh, Sam uh, does the job with Suarez and Blaney and uh, gets us up over uh, 30 units in racing, which is which is just great. So uh, we'll go back to the drawing board this week and see how we can do to keep the uh, hot streak going. Uh, again, check these plays out on BLS underscore PRP or at the Pine Room Studios on X or Twitter, that way you can link to to the BR, BLS page if you forget the call letters or whatever. But all the picks are on there. We put them on uh, both X sites uh, weekly. And then for golf, if you want to get them in by uh, Thursday morning or Wednesday evening, uh, that's the way to go. So uh, um, I urge you to check those out. But if you get them on the show, again, Jake Knapp was a good bet going into uh, Friday too, So or coming out of Friday. So if you're going into Saturday, he was uh, still a really good number on Saturday morning. So if even if you listened to the show on Friday evening or Saturday morning, you still could have got him at a good price. So uh, we're glad to cash that one. So two weeks in a row, a strong golf winner for us. NASCAR starting to come alive as well. We had a little bit of bad luck at Daytona. I had a little bit of bad luck this week, but Sam got the job done for us. He carried the torch for the Better's Last Stand group. So we're excited about that. I was 7-7. Seven and seven. In college basketball, Friday night was a disaster. So we were 0-5 on, on Friday, but followed it back up with a 7-2 performance on Saturday. So that's a good one. So if you just went with us on the Saturday plays, you were 7-2 on the week, 2-3 in the EPL, and 2-0 and in the NHL. So if you just played the NHL plays from Friday evening last week, you were 2-0. and If you played the basketballs, you're 0-5. So uh, we'll continue to try to get better at that. Um, again, some of those things, just the way things break and, uh, you, you know, not going to win them all, but uh, a strong week again for us. We're uh, we're excited about that. Uh, we'll keep keep it rolling here, and uh, we appreciate all the good feedback and positive comments that we've heard from people uh, throughout the cap- last couple of weeks. So check, uh, spread the word around. And again, we're not charging anything for these. Maybe someday we will, but uh, right now, giving them to you on the show, giving them to you on X uh, at a pretty good 
uh, clip here. So our percentage on the season is pretty good. I actually should go back and calculate that back to football and stuff. It's uh, pretty good. So uh, we'll keep building on it. And by no means do we know everything. And by no means are we going to try to hide when we give out terrible plays because I give out plenty of those. But hopefully the ones we do get home for you are worthwhile and can turn you a profit. Uh, basketball continues to be chaotic. Uh, college basketball most notably. I don't really want to talk about the NBA a whole lot. But college basketball continues to be just mass chaos. You get upsets. You got uh, the good teams, Purdue losing. You got UConn. We talked about that last week, and then coming back with them in good spots, which UConn was in a great spot on Saturday. They beat up on Villanova pretty good. So you got to keep tracking these spots. The, the spots in these college basketball games are so important. These teams, especially if they're at home, coming off of a huge win or coming off a demoralizing defeat, you can kind of play the other way on them. Um, it, it is incredibly good. The percentages are really, really high. The number hasn't even come into play as much as you even think it would. So keep those in mind as we as we go on here through conference tournaments and things like that. You only got a couple more weeks of being able to play people off the bounce because uh, after <laughs> after next week it's basically uh, lose and go home. So you you know you, you I, there's gonna be a little bit of that. Some of the teams will lose in their conference tournament and you can play them back in the NCAA tournament, but it's gonna be a little bit trickier to find spots like that. So so you got to take advantage of them while you can right here. And uh, there's plenty of teams that uh, fit the bill, check the box. It's just about every single night you can find at least two or three of them that, that look like uh, really strong ones. Uh, last night you had uh, Wake Forest coming off that huge win against Duke, uh, going to Notre Dame. They lose the game outright. That's just one example. There's just numerous examples of that week in, week out in college basketball. And, uh, you know, we're getting down to conference tournament week. we got the Mountain East tournament in Wheeling next week right over here at West Banco Arena. Uh, you, if you haven't checked out D2 basketball, you should. It's a great tournament. Women and men both over at West Banco starting on Wednesday. It'll go through Sunday. Um, you can bet on the games over at Wheeling Island or Hotel, Casino, Racetrack, Sportsbook. You can uh, get the lines over there. You can bet on the games and uh, go check them out over at the West Banco Arena. It's a really good tournament, and uh, that's always a sign to me. It's like March Madness right around the corner. you got the Division two conference tournaments, then you get the D one conference tournaments. They got some D one conference tournaments starting next week too, but the bigger ones the following week, and then you go right into March Madness. So it's a basically a like a six week, well actually maybe not six, maybe like five full weeks of, of really good basketball across the board. So um, look forward to that. Should be an action packed tournament as we talked about many times. Uh, Purdue going down to Ohio State on Sunday. Dale Bonner, who is formerly uh, of Fairmont State in Baylor, played over here at West Bank Arena in the Mountain East Tournament a few years ago. Uh, was a good player and uh, is keeping it going. He hits the winning shot against Purdue for Ohio State the other day. So these teams, it's going on the road and winning games. We talked about it before in the Big 12 or the Big 10 or any of these conferences. SEC is a really good league, too. Um, going on the road and winning is so, so hard. And if the spot isn't good for you, uh, it could be even harder. So Purdue, you know, they were, they were naturally going to have a couple more hiccups. That might be their last um, their last loss before before they head into the tournament. We'll, we shall see if they're able to run the table and win the conference tournament. Um, I think they'll be a formidable opponent. But by no means will they, you know, are they guaranteed to, to win that about – there's some strong teams in there. Illinois, and you obviously, you even see a team like Ohio State being able to upset. Uh, you got Michigan State and a couple others in there that can be uh, pesky. Wisconsin, of course. But uh, we'll talk plenty more about those. I'll give, it, give you uh, some of the conference tournament uh, players or teams that I like for next week to get you uh, ready for that. So we're excited about conference tournament week. Kentucky, are they heating up? Uh, yeah, kind of. They're really going on offense. And can they get key stops? Can they turn it on in 
a tournament environment where they can uh, really, really put forth a 40-minute game. Uh, offensively, they're exceptional. Defensively, have some woes, but got the job done again last night, so they've won two in a row, beat Alabama, and then they won last night against, uh, who did they beat last night? Mississippi State, maybe? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Mississippi State, but uh, a game that they probably should have lost, but they come back and get the win. Uh, St. John's, they uh, they beat Creighton the other day. Now, tonight is a playback against St. John's to me uh, as they go to Butler. So, uh, you know, it's every single night these games, are just, there's just a different angle to look at, and, and you want to continue to evaluate all these teams going in because you're starting to see some signs of some of them fading. The Mountain West looks pretty good because the depth of the league is starting to show through. Some of your top teams uh, aren't, aren't hanging on to the top spot. They're beating each other up a little bit, but they're talking about maybe getting five teams in, which is exceptional for them. San Diego State, of course, making a run to Final Four last year, actually the finals. Um, so could we see a repeat of that? Uh, some of the teams that I had been mentioning here for weeks, Colorado State got beat on the half-court buzzer beater last night. We'll talk about that in bad beats here in a couple minutes. Um, still think they're okay. Uh, Grand Canyon, a team that uh, you know finally got beat in a, in a really good game against Tarleton State. So Grand Canyon, though, I think is lively. Marquette, we know how they are. They're a good team, solid team. Expect them to make a decent run. Auburn is another team I think is really good. UConn, obviously the best team to me still, even despite the uh, loss at Creighton. Wisconsin, I'm way down on. I had them a couple of weeks ago going into a game against Purdue, and uh, I've seen a lot of deficiencies in Wisconsin since then. They had kind of been blinding me. Uh, but I'm not, I'm off the Wisconsin train. Purdue, I'm off them. I just don't love Matt Painter. I don't love the the... the the, they over-rely on Zach Eady, and their guard play uh, is not good enough to me. They're, like, their guards are good. They're decent shooters, but their dribble penetration and their guys that can get to the rack when you need a, a you know a, a dribble-drive basket, they just don't have that, and I think that's going to hurt them. I think Purdue gets bounced by the Sweet 16 again this year. Uh, they're, just, they're just not good enough. Houston, wonderful team all around. Uh, their offense is starting to kick it in gear a little bit. Defense is exceptional. Iowa State's a team that I've been really, really high on uh, in recent weeks. And if you could find their numbers, I mean, I, I looked at them a couple of weeks ago, around 40 or 50 to 1. They're down in the 20s now to win, win it all. Um, I, I think Iowa State is a team that can really, really go far. Now they probably will lose in the first round, but they defend really well. And uh, I, I feel like they're pretty well coached. And I love what I see out of Iowa State. I think they could uh, they can make a good run. It I think their free throw shooting is a little bit of a worry to me, but uh, a good team, a team that I'm going to be looking at. Tennessee defense is good, good score. Uh, Coach Rick Barnes worries me a tad. He just hasn't had any success. Uh, in the NCAA tournament as far as going on a deep run. So Tennessee is a team I'm lukewarm on. Colorado, kind of cooled on them. They're kind of a hot and cold. Virginia, down on them. They've been awful the last couple of games. Ever since I gave them credit for having a better offense, they put up horrendous numbers against uh, Virginia Tech and then North Carolina. So backing off UVA a little bit. North Carolina is a team that a lot of people are talking about a number one seed. I'm still not real wild about them. I think they're good. I do. I think they're good, but they're not great. And uh, I think they're very beatable. Miami's a team that matched up very well in North Carolina. Could have probably beat them both times they played them. But uh, Miami won't be going uh, dancing this year. They will be lucky to make the NIT, uh, if if that. But, uh, yeah, uh, North Carolina, good but not great. New Mexico, uh, they're struggling a little bit. They had a bad loss at home. And uh, there's some weird things going on with New Mexico. So take a wait-and-see approach on them. But they were a team that uh, of those Mountain West teams that I was really, really high on to begin the year. And uh, even throughout the year, I was pretty high on them, but 
now it's scaring me just a, just a wee wee bit. Uh, but we got plenty more uh, basketball action on the horizon, and we will talk plenty more about that in the coming weeks here on Better's Last Stand. Shifting over to hockey here briefly um, as we conclude the first segment. Uh, trade deadlines next week. We'll see what the Penguins are going to do. We'll see what some of these other teams do. Who's a buyer? Who's a seller? Um, Penguins won three in a row. They beat Vancouver last night. Seem to play the against the better teams. You know, a little bit more focused approach. Uh, I still think the Penguins should be sellers. We've been saying in here for months now, Sam and I, about trading Tristan Jari. Uh, his stock has never been higher. He was great last night. And uh, in Western Canada, those teams really, really love him. And uh, if he continues on this road trip to to dazzle out there, I mean, I think you're going to have a, a strong uh, sediment for teams to try to get him. And I think Edmonton would be at the top of the list. And I think the Penguins would be foolish not to take that. Um, I think they can get some serious pieces back. And Penguins probably have five or six guys that they should absolutely move, and I, I highly doubt they will, so it just bothers me. But they're, they're never going to get any better if they don't do that right away, and uh, I, I just don't see in a way out of the mess that they're in for this year. So we shall see. Uh, just some teams that I was keeping an eye on over the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the Kings, eh, up and down. I still don't think they're quite back to where they want to be. Florida, still far and away to me, is the best team watched them several times now and uh they're really good in detroit i talked about them last week they're to me a team and i don't know if they'll make any moves because i know they're kind of set with building and they don't want to give up any pieces but they brought in patrick kane and i feel like if you if you bring a guy like that in you're you're saying you're ready to win now because that's what a guy like that needs to do he's he's in the twilight of his career he's a, he's a veteran leader you don't waste signing a guy like that if you're not trying to win now so i'll tell you what detroit a couple of weeks ago you could have got them at 70 they're the 60s they're probably in the 50s right now uh to win it all i'm not saying they're going to win it all but i i really like their chances to, to to win a couple of series in the eastern conference i, I just think they're they're kind of uh they kind of got a stranglehold now on that last or the second to last wild card and i think they can possibly close in uh on their on their third place in their division but um, like, cause a team like Tampa, they're, they're starting to, to tumble a little bit. I, I don't like what I'm seeing out of them right now. They're, they're struggling for their depth scoring. They just don't have what they were able to have a few years ago. And I think that's going to be their undoing, but Detroit is the team that I would keep an eye on in the East. Florida Panthers are the top of the top of the, uh, the, the ladder in the Eastern conference by far, and probably the best team in the league and in the West. I really like, I really like Vegas. I think they're, uh, kind of get ignored. They got a lot of guys out. They had a nice win last night at Toronto. Uh, beat beat them pretty badly on the road with a lot of guys out. Uh, Hill was a really good goalie, and uh, I think they're going to be a formidable opponent uh, in, throughout the Western Conference playoffs. I think the Jets are showing some signs of weakness. Vancouver, they, they've just taken a little bit of a dip. Uh, Colorado, I'm not sold on them either. I just don't think they're quite as good. And Edmonton, they've come back to the pack. So to me, the best team in the in the Western Conference may end up still being Vegas, and men maybe our Kings. Uh, but they got to do a little bit at the trade deadline as well. They actually had a couple of injuries uh, go against them this week. So uh, we'll see how this all shakes out. Who's going to be a buyer? Who's going to be a seller? Looks like the Flyers could be sellers. Looks like the Islanders might be sellers. The Islanders have some very valuable pieces. The Islanders have exceptional depth players. They have a third and a fourth line that's just ripe with guys who any of these other contenders would love to have to add a piece to their bottom six. The Islanders have that. I'm, I'm really not certain what the Islanders are trying to do. They've tried to be in win now mode for several years now that's just not working so they're probably going to have to revamp a little bit and uh, decide which core pieces they're going to get rid of because they have a bunch of guys who are like 
B-level players. Uh, not they remind me of what like what Vegas was the first year in the league where they had all the second line talent. Well, that's what the Islanders have like an entire team of second line talent. They just haven't figured out a way to put it all together with the systems they've changed and they've been through three coaches now in, in less than two years. So that's never good. Uh, so I think the Islanders may sell. Rangers are still pretty good. They'll be tough. Uh, Devils, to me, they've got to be buyers if they have any prayer. Um, they've got to buy a goalie, and they probably need to buy a bottom six that can play a little bit. Uh, Devils need some toughness. Devils need some goaltending, definitely, if they're going to contend. Uh, but we'll see. Boston, to me, very beatable. Uh, and, and the Rangers are beatable, too. So uh, in the Eastern Conference, uh, Carolina is pretty stable to me. They may add something to, to spice up their team. They're stable. I don't love them, but I don't hate them either. So I still think they and Florida probably the two teams to beat, maybe the toughest two teams. Uh, and it's going to be really hard to beat either one of those in a seven-game series. Uh, and then in a Western Conference, as I said, I, I, I'm very dubious of, of Colorado still. Dallas worries me a little bit. Edmonton's worrying me a lot right now. They're not playing nearly as well as they had on that big run win streak that they had. Vancouver, I like Vancouver. I still think they may add a piece. Uh, and then Winnipeg's taking a little bit of a step backwards. So we'll see what happens. Uh, hockey playoffs will be here before you know it. You got March Madness and you go right into hockey playoffs. So it's an exciting time of year, that's for sure. We're going to take a break here. Better's last stand. Show number 76 here from the Pine Room Studios in downtown Wheeling. Thanks to our sponsors once again, IC Cab, uh, Jill's Gentleman's Club, Gumby's, Zambito Flooring, America, Four Seasons Golf, Generations, and Figaretti's. If you haven't checked out Lunch Madness on our show uh, on The Watchdog on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, do that. Flip on the dial right now and listen to us break down the lunches as we are down to the Salami 16 and uh, on our way halfway to the Egg Row 8. So we're looking forward to that. Hope you're enjoying that contest as we've matched 32 schools from around the area, uh, high schools that is, uh, and they're pitted their lunches against one another in a bracket-style, March Madness-style tournament. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. Uh, we have a blast on the Watchdog, and thanks to our Watchdog leadership, uh, just a wonderful Wonderful group to be a part of, and we're very happy to be there. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back, hit on some soccer, some baseball, and some golf. It's Better's Last Day and Show 76 from the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand Show 76 coming to you from Pine Room Studios as a cold front starts to roll into the area. It was uh, warm for the last couple of days, and now it's uh, dropping pretty rapidly here throughout the day. Uh, excited about some upcoming things. We got seven days until AFL opening day. That's Aussie Rules Football, uh, one of the best sports around. Just looking forward to that. I have all the plays on those. Uh going to be anxious to see some teams that are up and coming some teams that have come back to the pack and uh, those who remain near the top uh, we'll talk about that next week as we get prepared 
for the Australian Rules Football season, which is uh, right around the corner, and I am very, very excited about that. We also have our Nailers Watch Party going on at Waterfront Hall. It'll be tonight when you're listening to this on a Friday. It's uh, from 6 o'clock. It begins at 6 o'clock. The, the tip uh, the tip off, the puck drop is 735 uh, out in Cincinnati as the Nailers will be on the road. Nailers playing good hockey right now. They're a little depleted. Hopefully they get a few of their guys back. We'll check the the rosters and uh, or the transaction report on Friday to see what they got available. They're, they're um, heading to Reading tonight to play, so they should should be okay against Reading, but uh, they, they definitely could use some of the firepower back from Wilkes-Barre. But uh, Nailers playing good hockey right now nonetheless, and uh, we'll see if they can keep it rolling it's at Cincinnati on Friday night, so come on down. $5 nail ales at the Waterfront Hall for the game. We're going to have it on the big screen and uh, do some giveaways and some contests and some other cool stuff. So stop on by, say hello, get a drink, watch the Nailers, and uh, we'll go from there. And then uh, you can hear more about this or follow more about it at the Pine Room Studios, but the uh, North Atlantic Beer Mile set for May the 4th down at the Waterfront Hall again, the Waterfront Fest, they're calling that. It's a big event there. Going to be bands and all kinds of fun stuff, food and entertainment kentucky derby day all kind of stuff so you do your beer mile running and you have a lot of other fun going on there so if you want to hear more about that tune in the radio show tell you all about it and check us out on the social media pine at the pine room studios you can find out all the details as they become aware and you can sign up for the beer mile so nailers watch party friday and the beer mile the north atlantic beer mile on may the 4th you don't want to miss that a couple bad beats from last week uh, if you had a couple of these guys, good cars in Atlanta, again, you, you just can't, came out on the wrong side of things. Logano, Kozlowski, two weeks in a row, those guys knocking on the door, having a really good shot to get collected in the wreck, and uh, that's the way it turns out. So uh, look for those guys, kind of same principles that we play in uh, basketball. We can somehow, sometimes do that in NASCAR, but also sometimes the guys just continue to be snake bit for the entire season. Hopefully that's not the case with these two. They could turn it around pretty quickly, I'd imagine. So keep an eye on Logano and Kozlowski, especially – um, this is like a, a pandemic to me and it's starting to get ridiculous teams, uh, fouling in these basketball games, um, where they're down like three possessions and they're, there's like 10 seconds left or five seconds left. Um, at some point you just have to be respectful and just, you know, close up shop, but it's starting to cost people covers and it's really irritating. Uh, if you got teams fouling down 12 with five seconds left, it's just outrageous. The coach should be suspended for it. It's idiotic, and it shows uh, absolutely just a complete unawareness of, of just a proper etiquette to finish out a game. Uh, when the one team's dribbling the ball out, you should dribble it out too. When the game is over, it's over. If it's if it's more than th- if it's three possessions or more, and there's less than ten seconds left, you, you cannot foul. It's just ridiculous. So to me, feel sorry for anybody that had bad beats like of that nature. There's been several of them recently. It's ridiculous. Colorado State money line talked about it earlier. Half court shot sinks the Rams against Nevada. They lost 77-74. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Just a terrible terrible luck if you had uh, Colorado State money line. And then uh, the Dallas Mavericks, if you had them, uh, a Max Struess hits a shot from beyond half court for the Cavs, gives them a 121-119 victory. Looked like it was going to be a Mavs, a chance for a Mavs win, and it turns out to be a win for the Cavs. So it was a couple bad, bad half-court buzzer beaters go against people last night. So hopefully you didn't have those, but if you did, uh, that's just the way it goes, I guess. Uh, the Iowa State 
betting scandal. Here's a little bit of an update here. Attorneys uh, of the defendants in the Iowa State betting case are seeking to have the evidence suppressed on the grounds of illegal search and seizure. Uh, They claim it it was taken without a lawful search of the university's, with an unlawful search of the university's Kibana application, which is used to capture uh, data and analytics. So if you if you think about that, that's that's the Kibana is what they use to uh, track all the bets and everything. I said universities, but the 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 providers. Uh, so they, they they found these guys, and apparently the DCI agent named Brian Sanger obtained all this stuff without a warrant. So uh, you know this could get tossed out, and uh, the students were targeted unfairly, according to their attorneys. Uh, also in the scandal front, former Alabama head coach Brian Bohannon has officially been placed on the Ohio. Oh, I got to sneeze. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, Brian Bohannon has officially been placed on the Ohio Casino Control Commission exclusion list, which means he'll never be doing any type of wagering in Ohio ever again, and nor should he, as he was a major part in that awful uh, incident where the guy's trying to uh, use inside information and get down a ton of money over in Cincinnati. Uh, just a ludicrous attempted uh, trying to get one over on people and you're in your mouth and off about it like a moron NBA unders 10 and one on Tuesday night 38 12 and one 76 percent since the all-star break they were 10 0 and one on Sunday so keep an eye on that it takes a while for these guys to get heated back up off their little vacations I guess uh, we'll talk here in a couple minutes about some MLB things going on uh, but back to hockey just giving you the period data didn't get it in there in the first segment uh, goals yes in the first 10 Ottawa 41 and 16, Tampa 41 and 20, Seattle 39 and 19. And in the last 10, Ottawa 8 and 2, Philadelphia 8 and 2. That's goal yes in the first 10 minutes of the game. Goal no in the first 10 minutes. Winnipeg continues to be the only one worth anything. 34 and 23 for them. Uh, that is no goal in the first period. In the first 10 minutes of the first period. It's really not even a good number at 34 and 23. So you probably want to stay off those. First period overs, Ottawa 39 and 18, Vancouver 39 and 22. St. Louis, 37 and 21. So keep an eye on those teams. And the second period and third period numbers are where it's at right now. These are the ones where I think you should be focusing in on. I've been focusing in more on them as well. You're getting better prices. And the trends are extremely strong. Uh, Ottawa, 47 and 10, second period over. Toronto, 47 and 11, second period over. And Dallas, 47 and 14, second period over. Those are astounding numbers. How about these ones? Last 10 games. Dallas, 10-0. Vancouver, Toronto, and Edmonton, all 9-1, second period overs. I mean, these these are worth loading up on. These things are coming at 90%. Uh, So keep an eye on those. Be sure that the teams have their full complement of players. And then uh, I'd suggest fire it away. Third period overs, New Jersey, 45-15. The Minnesota Wild, 44-15. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, 45-16. The last 10 for third period overs, Toronto, 10-0. Edmonton nine and one man. Those are strong numbers right there. Um, you got to stay on these trends, stay on them because it, it is proven year after year since these hockey period uh, numbers have became big. It has really, really showed that betting against the trends is not work. They do, they don't stop. They they may slow down for a period, but then they heat back up. So um, I, I highly advise people to to get on get in on these while they can. And uh, it's uh, it's good to see. I'm, I'm I'm excited of how how hockey started to come back into the forefront of sports betting. So good stuff there. All right, switching gears over to soccer. We got uh, EPL and Champions League. We're going to talk about here briefly, but let's touch on MLS as uh, 
Sportsbooks have reported just a massive surge in, uh, in in soccer betting in the USA, MLS, in all soccer. Uh, they base it on Lionel Messi. He's he's taking so many uh, same game parlays with him in him, so many to score, so many for his team to win. Uh, so and, you know, keep an eye on that. Uh, it's great to see. It's it's, it's it's injecting the United States with uh, soccer fever, which is awesome. So. Hopefully these handles continue to grow and the offerings continue to grow and uh, soccer becomes uh, a more of a mainstream thing here in the United States. So great stuff there from Leo. Uh, he is the GOAT, and uh, there's no really doubt about that one. So I love it uh, that he's playing here in the United States to finish out his career. It's he's still really, really good. So if you haven't checked it out, I think it's Apple that has all the games on there. Uh, you definitely want to check it out if you haven't seen him. If you ever get a chance to see him live, uh, it would absolutely be worth the price of admission no matter what you paid. Uh, the guy is... Uh, just uh, I don't really know how to compare it. I guess the only thing I could I could compare it to personally would be uh, seeing Mary Lemieux play. But uh, yeah, so get on out there, check it out. Soccer is really really kicking right now. All right, let's go over to some EPL action. We got a full card on Saturday, which is just uh, loaded uh, loaded action. Start off with Wolves and Newcastle. This game at Wolves uh, should be an interesting matchup here. Uh, right now, you got uh, Newcastle, pretty steady favorite here on the road. But uh, you know that's it's it's a tricky spot uh, right now. The Wolves they have a FA Cup tie with Brighton that they're playing it right now, so I think it could be a little bit of a problem for them. They could be a little bit worn out. Um, they uh, Newcastle has won the last four against Wolves, so I, I, I kind of lead Newcastle here. Not a strong play, but Newcastle minus one ten on the three way. Think might be worth a look. Liverpool and Nottingham Forest, not a whole lot in this one. Um, Liverpool is playing just super, super good right now. They have um, they have a FA Cup match today, which they're winning right now, three to nothing against Southampton. So that's they got a lot of their backup guys in there. So I'm not really concerned about that at all. But then they play. Um, the Europa League on Thursday of next week. They play Sparta Prague. They're at Sparta Prague, so they got to travel. So I'm not certain they're going to have out a top team here against Nottingham Forest. I'm sure some of their guys, their key guys, may play a half just to get their you know their conditioning in. So I, I don't really have a strong play here. I, I, I don't. I'm really not certain what will happen. Uh, I do know that they'll score a goal. <laughs> uh, Nottingham gives them up uh, for fun, so that that could be a little bit tricky there. So no official play on Liverpool in force. Crystal Palace and Tottenham. Uh, Palace have lost four in a row to Spurs. This is uh, another uh, wing of the London derby. Spurs are uh, winless, or actually they have a win streak of seven in a row at home. So they're uh, they're playing pretty well. They're almost unstoppable. Minus two ten at home. Uh, I thought maybe Spurs minus the goal and a half could be interesting to me, maybe even uh, an over in the game. These London derbies tend to be crazy, but I don't have an official play on that one. Let's get to a few that I do have plays on another London derby, Chelsea and Brentford. Uh, Brentford plus $2, Chelsea plus one fifteen in the game. Chelsea just beat Leeds today in a FA Cup match. Uh, they'll have a small rest advantage well, actually, Brentford will probably have the smaller rest advantages. They didn't play FA Cup action today. Um, they're unbeaten in their last four against Chelsea, but Brentford blew a London derby earlier this week against uh, West Ham, which did not go well. Uh, so they may have kind of lost their luster here. But I lean Brentford here. I think this is a good spot for them. I think uh, 
you're, you'll see uh, Brentford come out for this game. They did not play well in their last match. So I think Brentford to score over one and a half goals would be a good idea. And then probably Brentford on the three-way or a draw-no-bet action for them, which would give you minus 140. If you bet them on the three-way, they're plus $2, which is a juicy little price there. West Ham and Everton, the next match to focus in on uh, Everton, even money. Uh, so that's plus 100 if you're not familiar with that. Uh, even money, we call it. Plus 245 on West Ham on the three-way, 240 on the draw. Um, West Ham has a Europa League uh, game coming up uh, on on against Freiburg on Thursday. So I think this could be a little troubling for them. West Ham is one of those teams that's like they're safely out of relegation, but they're not having a very good season in the league. So I think Everton could be live here. Um, they uh, they they're they're uh, they've struggled to win games. They haven't won, I don't think, in six. Uh, but they've scratched some points out. I like them here though. Even money on Everton, so we're gonna go with Everton there at home in Goodison Park. Brighton, Hove, Albion taking on Fulham. This is a pretty dead even match here. Fulham plus one sixty five. Brighton plus one forty. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brighton have won three in a row against Fulham, but they do have an FA Cup tied today, which worries me. So you're playing an FA Cup game today even though you may not play your top guys then you're going to Roma in the Europa League on Thursday so that is a concern so where when are you going to try to mix in your top guys here you're going to save them you're going to play them today and then save them for the weekend uh and then be ready for Thursday I don't know um I, I think I think really the Fulham is the play here I think Fulham draw no bet plus 105 is a really good play and then I like the game under the three you're getting a, th- a flat three here I think you get a decent minus 120 minus 115 range of that under the three so I would take a shot with that I don't think Brighton will be popping on all cylinders here and I think uh, this is this is a game that could be a one one draw something along those lines uh, but I think Brighton will be entirely focused on Roma in the uh, Thursday to come. And then the final game, Aston Villa taking on Luton. Luton plus 290, Villa minus 135. Uh, Villa play Ajax away on Thursday in the Europa League. Definite look-ahead spot here for them. Um, they they could use the points for the fourth place. They're chasing fourth right now. They're playing pretty well. Um, but they kind of flattened out just a touch. So Luton at home is intriguing to me. They, they've given some teams a lot of trouble at home. They can score goals. I would recommend playing them over the one and a half. I think they'll score a couple here. And then plus a half a goal, which gives you the win or the draw. You can get even money there. You can get plus 290 if you think they'll win straight out. Um, but I think that Luton is live. So again, Luton, Fulham, the Fulham and Brighton game under Everton and Brentford are my strongest plays. And then I got to lean towards Newcastle there in the EPL. Switching over to UEFA Champions League matches. These are be the second legs of the knockout round here. So these aggregate scores you have going in here. So the matches are basically starting with the scores from the games two weeks ago. So um, we will conclude these uh, ties on the Tuesday, March the 5th, and Wednesday, March the 6th. So here we go. Lazio and Bayern Munich. The first game in this tie, we gave you Lazio. They won the game one nothing at home. I don't think they're going to be able to pull this off. Bayern Munich is not nearly as good as they have been, but they're still very formidable, so you can't discredit them. Um, I think Bayern Munich plus 245 to advance if you want to lay that. I hate giving out stuff like I don't usually ever give anything out on here that's minus $2 or more, unless they're going to be parlayed. Um, 
Maybe you want to parlay. Uh, maybe you parlay Bayern Munich and PSG to advance. As PSG, you're not going to get anything on there, minus 1,000. But on these Tuesday games, I think Bayern Munich, I think where you want to look here is maybe exact score. You can really get a good price here. Two to one, uh, Bayern Munich, which would get them to, uh, you know, they would play extra time then and until a winner is decided. They used to do it on away goals, but they do extra time now, and then eventually they'll go to penalties if they have to. So Bayern Munich, I think, to win two nothing or two or, or two to one, I think it's very very beneficial here. You get good good price on that, and even even three to one because three to one keeps it out of a potential uh, you know where you're tied up. So if it's two one going in, and, and, and they know that they're going to be playing extra time, they would rather just end it now three to one. So I say two one. Uh, two one three one or two to nothing exact score for Bayern Munich there I think is your best value there you can get very good prices on those so you spread a little bit around there you hit one of them you're going to turn a profit then second game that day uh, PSG and Real Sociedad PSG won the first leg two to zero uh, they're at Sociedad here Sociedad just struggles to score they're 0 seven on home for their last seven matches they they do have a couple draws in there but they haven't won in their last seven matches. Uh, PSG is unbeaten in 19 games, so I, I don't. There's no chance they're not going to advance here. I'd be stunned if they didn't. Um, but I like the game over the two and a half. You're getting even money on the over two and a half. I think PSG will, will come out here, even if they don't put forth their their top team. I think they'll score a few goals on Sociedad. Uh, the only thing you got to worry about is Sociedad doesn't score a lot, so maybe a two nothing there. P- PSG style uh, doesn't get you over, but you could play them minus one and a half or. Uh, do some other creative things there. But PSG and Bayern Munich likely to advance there. It would be nice to see Lazio, but I, I just don't think they're going to be able to pull it out. They needed to try to get another goal last week if they could have, or two weeks ago. Wednesday's games, Red Bull Leipzig and Real Madrid. Real Madrid leading that one one nothing in aggregate right now. Uh, they have gone over in their five of their last eight home matches, which is pretty interesting. Uh, they're minus 175 here. Plus plus three seventy five on the return for Leipzig. Real Madrid minus a thousand to advance. I think Real Madrid probably minus one and a half is your best bet here. You can get my minus one forty, minus one fifty range. I think they'll probably take care of this pretty pretty easily. They're they're locked down at home, and uh, I think uh, whenever you go into the Bernabeu, it's it's really going to be tough for Leipzig, who couldn't score at home. I don't see him being able to score here, so you may even want to look at a game to nil. But I'll be endorsing Real Madrid either parlaying them with a minus one seventy five three way money line just to win with another option, or playing them minus the goal and a half plus. The 140, 150. I even saw some 160s out there. Uh, And then the final match of the week for next week's Champions League action. It'll be Copenhagen and Manchester City. This one at Manchester City. City took the the tilt in Copenhagen 3-1 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Now, this is an interesting part here. So, to me... um, City are in a really interesting position. They have to play Manchester United after playing an FA Cup game yesterday, which they won easily against Luton. They play Manchester United, the Manchester Derby on Sunday. That is going to be a bloodbath. That is, United's come alive in the recent weeks. City's obviously playing for a league title. This is going to be a really, really, really cagey affair. There's going to be cards. There's going to be blood. There's going to be chaos going to take a lot out of these teams so you got that then you compound it with this match against Copenhagen they're already beating three to one so they really don't have to put forth a great effort here to hang on in advance and then in between that's in between 
the bookend of this sandwich, and that is they play Liverpool the following match. So they go Man United, Copenhagen, and Liverpool all within about a week's time. Uh, that is a really tricky run. you got Liverpool, who's playing right now as the top of the league, and that is going to be a game that may decide the EPL. So you're going to see Pep Guardiola throwing everything he's got into these two league matches because he has to. He's not going to be that worried about Copenhagen. He knows he can get through this match with his B and C team for the most part. So I think Copenhagen makes a lot of sense. You can get him plus two and a half. You can get him plus three, even I saw out there, minus 130. That's really not a bad price. You're getting three goals from the start of the game right there. If you get beat three nothing, it's a push. Uh, I do think the under is more likely to hit than the, than, than anything. I think this game is a one nothing, maybe a 2 nothing Manchester City. I just don't think they're going to put a whole lot of force behind it. If they get a lead, they will sit on it. They would just want to get out of there without any issues and go on to Liverpool. I think under's the play, two and a half. That's what I recommend. And I, I really wouldn't want to talk anybody off of a plus $8 draw here because this game could easily finish 0-0 or 1-1. I doubt Copenhagen scores, though. But 8 bucks on the on the draw, it's not a terrible thing. Manchester City would gladly take a draw here. doesn't mean anything to them. They're going to advance almost with all certainty. So uh, playing in these spots, you talk about them all the time. you got your arch rival on uh, Sunday, and then you got this game against Copenhagen, which is sandwiched into your second arch rival, Liverpool. So uh, tough spot for City. I, I don't expect goals here, and uh, Copenhagen could be feisty. So play them plus the 2.5 or 3, and play the game under the 2.5. You can even buy it up to 3 for a little bit better of or a little bit lesser of a price. you got to pay a little bit more for it, but gives you a chance you can push with the 3. So uh, those are what I like there. So, again, we're going with the Manchester City game under and Copenhagen plus the goals. Real Madrid minus 175 or minus 1.5 at the plus 145, 150 mark. Uh, we're going exact scores in the Bayern Munich games, 2-1, 3-1, or 2-0. And then PSG game over the 2.5 at even money. Those are our UEFA Champions League plays for this week. Hopefully you're enjoying that. Now we get on to golf where we've uh, done pretty well. Uh, golf has been – actually, i got a couple of things to mention about baseball before we go on to golf. Uh, let's talk about this baseball. Obviously spring training is underway right now. I'm going to give out some win totals here in the coming weeks. A few teams that I'm pretty high on right now, St. Louis Cardinals. I think definitely take a look at them. Look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Look at the Washington Nationals. Those three teams I like a lot over their win total right now. The New York Mets, I like a lot under, uh, they are a mess right now. They're, they're just, they're got more injuries piling up. Uh, the, the, optimism is just squashed like they just don't have any this is a very negative uh camp right now for the Mets so I think they'll be uh, a team that's definitely going to be down a little bit I like Milwaukee to go under their win total this year uh, and then I'm back to another over I've been on the Detroit Tigers the last two years and they've disappointed me their win total this year looks a little high so I I kind of want to play it over just because it seems like it's it's priced in an interesting spot. I thought I thought their win total was a touch high, so uh, I'll follow up with more on that later. But uh, Arizona, St. Louis, and Washington, I like overs right now. Uh, I like Milwaukee under and the Mets under right now. I'll, I'll give out some more official plays once we get a little bit closer. But uh, there's still some a lot of free agents out there that haven't signed. So you got guys not certain what camps they're going to be in. Uh, a lot of intrigue there. Uh, some interesting future bets. You're seeing them start to trickle in. $80,000 on the Dodgers to win the NL West at minus 400. They've won 10 of the last 11 years. 
And some other uh, high-volume ticket MLB bets here on MVPs. These are interesting. Juan Soto taking 17% of that action at 6-1. to one. Julio, Rodriguez, uh, Julio Rodriguez at 11-1, at 14% of the action. Gunnar Henderson from the Orioles, 15-1. to one. He's taking 11% of those MVP bets. Aaron Judge at plus 550, taking 10%. And Bobby Witt Jr., interesting. Uh, he's taking 9% at 20-1. to one. Uh, Fanatics. Sportsbook, formerly PointsBet, just launched its 14th state in Indiana on Tuesday. So if you're out there, sign up for that account. It's a good book. And uh, that's that's going to be, um, you know, you're going to start seeing about every operator in every state at some point. So it's pretty intriguing stuff as this continues to grow. So baseball coming up. We got spring training going right now. You got college baseball action. We'll follow up more on baseball um, once we start to figure out the rosters and how things are going to go and if anybody gets hurt and so on and so forth. I'll give out all my win total plays, uh, my official ones, but those are a couple ones that I like if you want to get in on them early. Shifting gears over to golf as we continue on here. Better's Last Stand show number 76, golf. You got the Cognizant Classic. This used to be called the Honda Classic. So remember that if you're familiar with the uh, the courses. course. This is the PGA National Members Club over in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. So East Coast time again. So remember that. It's our first one coming back east for a while. You got a lot of water on this course. Could have some high winds out there. So, uh, you know, could be could be a little tricky, so keep an eye on that. Um, I'm fading Rory McIlroy right off the bat. He's like 6-1 to one to win this tournament. It's ridiculous. I talked about it with Finau. Uh, golf's just too deep to be doing that right now. You don't want to give away a bad price. So, so I'm going to be fading Rory. Don't love Matt Fitzpatrick this week. Cam Young, Russell Henley, Tom Kim. I don't – some of those guys worry me. They're getting a lot of hype, and I, I don't love it. So here's some guys that I'm on. I like Shane Lowry a lot, 32-1. to one. I like Brendan Wu, who played really well last week, 92 to 1 on him. Daniel Berger's finally starting to get his game back. Been a fan of his for a while. You can find him anywhere between 35 and 40 to 1. Adam Svensson's had a great spring so far, 41 to 1 for him. He was uh, 10th at the Genesis and, and 9th here in 2022. Uh, Sepp Straka, who's won this before, he was 5th last year. I think he could be. Uh, worth a look. Uh, and Shane Lowry, going back to him real quick, because he's he and Daniel Berger are my top two plays. Uh, Lowry's played really well. He was second and a fifth here in, in recent uh, in recent years. Chris Kirk, 38-1. to Heard a lot of people on him this week, so trust that or don't trust it. Eric Cole as well. He's getting backed a lot by people. Uh, he's been pretty strong here. He was second last year, so I think he could be good. JT Poston has had a pretty good start to the season. He is at 28-1, to 30-1 to 1 range. And then a couple other ones. Tom Hoagie, always a good ball striker. He's 50-1 to 1 if he putts. I think he'll have a really good shot. And I already mentioned Sepp Strzokin and a big bomber. And I actually like this guy. And then I heard Jeff Seeley, who's a really good uh, golf podcast guy, uh, you can hear him on VSIN and, and he does his own podcast. So if you ever want to listen to more golf stuff, you know, I urge you to check him out. He's really good. Uh, Sam Ryder, around 175 to one. Uh, you know, I think he, I think he's got a really good shot here. To, to he's he's starting to come around a little bit. He was a guy that was kind of playing, uh, in, you know, elite level golf a few years ago. Kind of took some, you know, some steps backwards. Now he's starting to get it going again. Thinking at a giant price, I think him a top 20, top 10. And obviously throw a little bit on him to win because uh, we've seen the bombs hit so far this year. So uh, Sam Ryder rounding out the card. So again, we have Lowry, Wu, Berger, and Svensson as our top plays, our mid-range plays. Straka, Hoagie, Poston, Kirk, and Cole. And then a long bomber 
endorsed by us here at Better's Last Stand, as well as uh, the Cutmakers podcast uh, run by Jeff Seelage, Sam Ryder, and around 170 to 1. So uh, we had Jake Knapp last week at 46 to 1 at the Mexico Open, which is awesome. Had Hideki Matsuyama two weeks ago, 75 to 1. So we're pretty excited about that run. Hopefully we can keep it going for you. And a couple of golfers at the Live Tournament at Jeddah in Saudi Arabia um, that I think are interesting. Carlos Ortiz, 47 to 1. Louis Oosthuizen, 26 to 1. And Peter Eulen, 37, 38 to 1. Obviously, you got your big guns there, your Kepka and uh, your uh, Rom. But uh, trying to find a little bit of value in some of these guys. I think that that course could suit them. All right. I always like Paul Casey as well. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Live Golf starting to pick up some steam in the field. If you look at it, it's vastly superior to the PGA Tour. So they got to figure that out, how to get these guys back on the same courses at the same time. Uh, we'll leave that to the experts. But we're going to take a break here. Better's Last Stand Show 76. Again, thanks to our friends at ICCAB 304-232-1313 or download the ICCAB app today. ICCAB always working. Also want to thank our friends at Gumby's and Jill's Gentleman's Club. Sponsor our Football Friday shows on the Watchdog. We appreciate everything they've done for us and their continued support. Uh, just wonderful establishments that uh, you know we, we really are happy to have partnerships with. Wheeling Nailers, we talked about them. We got the Got the watch party on Friday down at Waterfront Hall. We appreciate everything that the nailers are doing for us. We're having John Parrish on nailing it down uh, Friday on the watchdogs. So tune into that one around 1.30. Get uh, John's thoughts on the nailers road trip this weekend and some upcoming events as well as the watch party over at Waterfront Hall. And then again, thanks to Ricky Zambito, Zambito Flooring America and Four Seasons Simulated Golf. Uh, just wonderful guy and uh, does, does, does just great stuff. Just Tons of things for the community, and uh, he's got two exceptional businesses that uh, you should definitely want to. Uh, if you're in in the market for some new flooring, they've got it all. He literally, that's, you know, that's what he says. We've got it all, so check them out. And then if you want to go have some fun, uh, hit some golf balls, especially during the bad weather time of the year. Head on up to Four Seasons Golf up at the Highlands. And then finally, sponsors of our Lunch Madness Extravaganza, Figuretti's, do a wonderful job. Uh, NZO was just on with us. This past week, we enjoyed talking with him about everything that's going on over at Figs and appreciate their support of Lunch Madness. And then last but not least, Generations. Luke DePlaga in with us as well. Uh, last week, talking about uh, what's going on down at Jens and how uh, they progress and head into March Madness. Uh, just two wonderful places and uh, family-run businesses that do a great job. And uh, we're happy to have them uh, in our corner. So, uh, again, thanks to all our sponsors and everybody who listens to the show each week, our podcasts. Um, our spinoff shows, our radio show, all the above. So appreciate everybody and all the kind words out there. All right, we'll take a break here. Better's Last Dance Show 76. We're going to take, uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Sam the Man. He had a winner last week with Daniel, or yeah, Daniel Suarez. John said Daniel Berger. <laughs> Daniel Suarez last week at Atlanta. We'll see what he could do in Vegas. And then we got Formula One heating up. Can anybody touch Max Verstappen? We'll find out from Sam after the break. Better's last day in show 76. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. 
All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in Better's Last Stand, coming to you from the Pine Room Studios in Wheeling. Joined now by the man, Sam, who gave us a great winner last week with Daniel Suarez over at Atlanta Motor Speedway. We got into the win column in week number two after a uh, unlucky first week of NASCAR action. We uh, cashed a ticket with Sam. He ran 1-2 with Suarez and Blaney. Sam, welcome as always, to the show, uh, wonderful picks last week. Hopefully, our listeners uh, cashed in on them, uh, as I did. So, thank you for the winner, and uh, welcome to the show. We got another great week, uh, another great week of racing with F1 now on the card this week. Yeah, man, Matt, it's an honor, it's a privilege. Uh, I honestly, the Christopher Bell getting dumped out of the race so <laughs> early, it had upset me so much right. that I I forgot about my guy Daniel Suarez. <laughs> Until like 30 laps were left, and I was like, oh, shit. It's like, dude, he's, yeah. he's going to have a real chance if there's not another big crash. Then how about that finish? I mean, could you um, have a more exciting finish? Matt, that was unbelievable. I was watching that with Bonnie, and yeah. I was like, Mom, I said, there's about three laps to go. This is going to either be really good or there's going to be a huge crash. Right. And we were both actually, we stood up out of our seats yeah, when yeah. we were watching it. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah, Incredible. that was that was great. Ryan Blaney's been involved in a lot of really close races in his life. Like he's he seems to be involved in a lot of those like photo type finishes. Um, I thought maybe he maybe he got there, but man, the momentum that Suarez had uh, too much, and uh, Kyle Busch ran great again. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very I feel very good two races in picking Kyle Busch. You know, there's yeah. a lot of racing to go, but this is what I'd like to see. He seems. I don't know. He gave a pretty mature interview he after did. that he race. Did. He didn't seem too like fiery like he used to be. I think I think he knows he's got something under that hood and a good team I that's like, all right, this this I, is this is what I really needed. Yeah, I think it was very evident in his response that like, yeah, you know, you better get us now because we're like really close to starting to to rip off some wins and uh, really be up in the front, dominating uh, in you know in typical Kyle Busch fashion. I, I think he's very excited about uh, his second year. Uh, on that team, Childress. Uh, all right, so let's talk about. We talked about some of the goods. Let's talk about some of the most uh, the bads, I guess. Logano, another tough, tough one Dude. for him. He had a great car again, and Keselowski too again. Keselowski's was weird because he just kind of like spun himself, did he not? Didn't right, he just yeah. like move up the track and then he lost yep. it? But yeah, the Matt, those crashes were killers. I mean, yep. Chris Bell, I, I love the pick. I I had even talked to Chris about an hour before the race, and he was like, "Who do you think?" Like, ah, yep. I don't know, Chris Bell. And then I met, I texted you. I said, Matt, there's nothing like seeing your car 45 laps down get lapped by the pack of cars. Two early crashes in both races, like both like less than 10 laps in, which took out, you know, a couple of key guys. Bowman got in there. I had given him out as a top 10 type play this week, uh, you know. So I was like, we were both not happy after the first crash, but uh, it ended up turning out okay as, uh, you know, we had some some guys run really well. You picked two uh, great ones. You had a nice exacta there at the top. Uh, you know, with uh, Blaney and Suarez, so you know nothing wrong with that. No, and and honestly, we we had talked previously. Suarez needed the that win. 
He did. Because it's been a lot of Chastain, Van Gisbergen, Trackhouse, and Suarez has been quiet. It's been like, you know, what what's he going to do? What are they going to do with this this contract? And it's pretty yeah. evident that the guy's got a lot of talent. He is. I've always thought he, he he's really talented, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to see him being able to uh, to win and you know keep people from getting on his case too badly. Uh, you mentioned Chastain. He he's been pretty good both weeks too, but nothing yep. to show for it. Nothing. Uh, I, I I like him this week though. He's a guy that has caught my eye. I think he's going to be strong, and I think a guy like him, the more he has a good car and he's not getting the results, he's going to continue to be super aggressive in. Um, that could, I guess, that could work in in his favor or against him, uh, but we shall see this week. Yeah, I, I I love the the Chastain move. He seems he seems like he's got that little fire lit under him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he's got a, no pressure really. They're backing him. He got a huge sponsor. He's obviously good. It's not going anywhere this year or next year. So right. just drive just drive that car, man. Drive it in the ground. Yep, and he will do that. No question about it. So we shift over to. To Las Vegas this week, uh, Kyle Larson has dominated at this dominated. track as far as laps led. I was looking. He's led like over 400 laps here since 2021. Uh, hasn't always won, but he's led a ton of laps. Uh, I think he's obviously one of the top contenders here, He's but he's less than $4 right now, which I, I can't bet a guy. There's just too many other good racers. Uh, I'm not betting anybody at that price. Joey Logano around 14.5 to 1. William Byron, 7.5 to 1. Chris Bell, who I do like this week. But is that price too short? He's around nine and a half to one. Denny Hamlin in the eight to one range. Uh, I don't know. To to me, there was a lot of guys here that I liked this week, but there was a lot of prices that I didn't like. What did you think? Yeah, like I'm a huge fan of the Logano. I see him at plus sixteen hundred. Right, that's a good I, one. I don't hate that at all. He's he's been running well. I mean, I see Kyle Busch at like plus twelve hundred. I like yep. those two a lot. Yep. The Chastain, I see, is that Bet Rivers has him at like a fifteen hundred. Yeah, I, one, I thought Ch- Chastain to me had had like the best the best price of those big guns that I was looking definitely. at. So I was leaning towards him definitely. Yeah, and one that my a sleeper that stands out to me where I really do think he could win this race, Alex Bowman. I I, I don't know what too. it is. He's at yep. plus. I see him at a plus twenty two hundred. I think that yes. that's almost a no brainer. Yeah, I had Bowman circled as as the best value that I could find. Um, and then and then second was uh was Chastain. I thought their their prices made the most sense because even a guy like Tyler Reddick, I I, I like his he, he's really run well here. He it's weird about him is he's in the four races in the last two years in this track he's run really really well, but he's barely led any laps at all. So he's just been just kind of sitting in the top 10. So I think he's kind of a safe play. If you want to look for a top five, top 10 type play, but I couldn't bet him at 11 to one to win the race. It's just too short of a price. And as I mentioned, Byron was too low for me. I think Chris Bell will run really well, but his price is a little too low. I, I'm with you. I think Chastain and Larson made the most sense. I thought Kyle Busch's price was pretty fair. I thought Joey Logano at 15, 16 to one was very fair uh, to me. And when you're doing this, Week after week, and you start seeing these prices and the way that they're over-adjusting on some of these guys, you have to kind of go to where there's value, wouldn't you say? Instead of just picking, yeah. like, okay, who's the, who's the best racer? Okay, we could all pick Larson, but at 4-1, to one, I'm not going to give that out. Right. It's no fun it, It's no fun to me watching the race knowing if, oh, I, I picked William Byron to win at 9-1. Right. Like, that, right. nah. No, my, honestly, Matt, my, my pick to win this race is Joey Logano. Yep, okay. Joey well, Logano like plus 1,600. I think he's been running well. Just you know, racing's tough, man. These crashes, it it's, is. It's tough. I, I thought uh, I'm going to get your opinion on uh, Martin Truax. What do you think of him? 11, I, 12, the one for him. See, I looked at it and I just, 
I don't know. There's something about what he's got going on this year so far. I don't. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm honestly, I'm not. I'm not feeling what Martin Truex has going on. How about Denny Hamlin? He's a little short for me, but I think he could be okay here. I I, I think that he could be real quiet. He's. I think he's an easy top five. Yeah. He had a bad bad run. When I think when Denny has a bad run, the next race really look for Hamlin to be up there in the top ten. Yeah. All right. So. To you, it's uh, Logano, Kyle Busch, and Bowman. Uh, anybody else? Any any law? I tried to find some long shots here. The best I could get to was Bowman. Uh, I just I couldn't find anybody at a really nice price uh, that that I felt confident about being able to win. It's t- it's tough. I mean, a name that st- keeps standing out to me, but I don't think he can win. But I, you know, it's like the RFK thing I did last year is Austin Cindric, right. Matt. Ah, Austin Cindric yeah. so I like far. What I've seen. I, I really do like what I've seen. He's not been in the—he's been up front, and that's where he needs to be. Well, we'll see. This is going to be a big test because, obviously, he's been known as a really good super speedway guy. Now right. you're getting into some intermediate-type track. These is, this is when he's really falling off. So we'll know real quick, even when he qualifies, we'll know if this is going to be the same old Austin Cindric or he's turned over a new leaf and found something there. Right. We'll hey, see. You know, who, you know who had a great race at Atlanta? And it's a shame that he didn't get the props he deserves as Todd Gilliland. Yeah, he did. He had a great he had a great car. I mean, I was talking to several people. We were watching the race, and I was saying, like, this is not like a fluke right now when he's up there. Mm-hmm. Like, his car was really good. When he he actually was was gapping the lead, like, the lead group, he was getting away on those restarts. I was very impressed with him. And I, we've kind of always thought, like, he he's a little bit better than he gets credit for because he's on an unknown team. Yeah, and so far that those guys have run pretty well. I mean, they they both ran pretty well at yeah. Atlanta. So I, I'd like to see more of that that Georgia Peanuts thirty eight right car headed up front. Well, it'd be great too because you know that it, it helps from all standpoints. If you're a NASCAR just a fan uh, and you just love the competition, or if you're a fan and a better, and or if you got favorite driver, like you, whatever it is, it makes it so much better when you continue to add more realistic guys that could possibly win these races because then your prices start getting better from a betting standpoint because right. you right. start factoring in there like okay Todd Gilliland's live now Chris Busher took a huge jump last year up to where he's priced in the 20s all the time now whereas in the old days he was in the 30s or 40s so you're you're seeing guys make those those leaps and that's that can only be good what did you think of uh, Bubba Wallace last week you know when I see Bubba up front I get two thoughts whenever I see him up in the top five it's either he's staying up there or he's he's headed to the pits. You know, he's getting towed back to the pits. Right. It so just seems like, like every time he gets up there, Matt, it's like they just start freaking out. Yeah. They're just like, you gotta we gotta drive as fast as we can and aggressive as we can. Do you think it seemed to me the last two weeks that he's kind of hung back more throughout the race and then waited till like, you know, the final stage to start making his move up towards the front. I, do you think that's a strategy? Do you think they're telling, like, as you alluded to, that they, they seem to lose their minds when they're up there? Like, do you think that they're saying, like, just hold back, avoid being in a big crash early, and then see if we can, you know, if it can fall to us late? Maybe. It's just, it seems odd because last year, I mean, he's he's aggressive. He was right. always headed towards the front. Right. I, I don't care what lap I'm, I'm on, I'm passing. And now you're exactly. right. He is definitely kind of holding back, stay alive, and when you get your chance to make a move, you yeah, make your move. So he's probably had pretty decent finishes the last two weeks. Based on that, he stayed out of the trouble, and uh, you know, I guess you know, he didn't necessarily contend, but he, he, you know, he was in the mix a little bit 
in in the final stages. So we'll see. Uh, it should be an exciting year. I still think uh, I think uh, Ty Gibbs. I think is still going to win a race. You thought that as well. Yep. So we got a lot of good storylines to look forward to. I thought a lot of those cars ran well. I thought Corey LaJoy again was okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Chase Briscoe, I thought for a little while was all right. Daniel Hamrick, I thought ran really well. Yeah, there have been a lot of names that I didn't think I'd see up towards the front these first couple of races, and I'm glad. I'm glad that they're headed towards the front. Yeah, so I hope, it's, it's I hope a, there's more of it. It's a good thing to see as we uh, make the switch over. To F1, the Bahrain mm. Grand Prix. So as much parity as we may have in NASCAR, we obviously will have uh, parity once again in the Indy Series. But we don't have a whole lot here in the, at the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, our boy Max Verstappen, who obviously dominated last year. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is, is there anybody that can beat him? He won 19 of the 22 races last year. He's won 35 of the last 45 races in the series. Uh, and he's going for his fourth straight title. He is... The favorite, you can find him anywhere from, well, I saw him open at like 250, but he's already up to like minus 420 now. So um, thoughts on the Bahrain Grand Prix? Are you happy F1 is back? Yeah. I mean, I, I F1 is just turning into just absolute drama. Yeah. Like it, it's it's becoming Americanized, if that makes yeah. sense. It's like a like, soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like a big fan of that. I hate the grid walk. I mean, I hate the grid walk on on both on both circuits. NASCAR's yeah, yeah. Worse, oh boy, that but NASCAR Brundle, was Brundle's is brutal. Martin yeah, Brundle's, Brundle Brundle at least keeps it a little bit flashy, and sometimes it's funny. But I agree with you. Like I'm like, I don't know. It's like I feel uneasy when he's going down there. I don't I don't, oh, I don't know it, why. It is. I have no it, ties to that at all. No, I don't care about any of those people. I right. feel uneasy. But then when Mike Waltrip did it a few times, it was even worse. <sighs> It was, it was honestly, it was the worst thing I'd ever seen, but uh, uh, I don't think, I don't think Matt, anybody's beaten Max Verstappen. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't even, I can't even envision how it would be possible. Right. So as we say here often, and people will get used to hearing this, they heard it for like 22 weeks last year is you can find other ways to make money in yeah. F1 is not trying to beat him. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So if you're going to do it, uh, they give you options now where he wins and then you got, you can close out the podium finishes with, you know, driver a or B, you know, you got those options. You have, uh, obviously your top six is your top tens, uh, your double, double top tens or sixes with the particular teams. Um, so let me ask you about a few guys here as we enter the season. Uh, what do you see or what do you envision? Fernando Alonso had a, a good start to the year. Then he kind of went through a little bit of a lull, and then he kind of picked it back up late. Uh, what do you think of him and the Aston Martin team? Obviously, we're 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 really really looking forward to the day when Lance Stroll is not driving that. I know, and I don't know when that's coming because when you go to Bahrain last year and he finished eight or sixth. Yeah, and Al Alonso was third, and that makes it makes me me nervous because I I think that Aston Martin can be a good team. Yeah, but I I think with this whole Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari next year, I think that it, it it's going to open up this can of worms for drivers like Alonso to just I think Alonso could go to Mercedes. I think he could do anything because his yeah. talent his talent he's one of the the most talented drivers that's ever been in F1. Yeah, absolutely. I would say and he's he's always I mean he's pretty much carrying that team at this, you know, at this he point. Is. It's not he is. Lance Stroll. Yeah, there was no question about it last last year that it was he he 
elevated that team. Yeah, they they may have improved the car a little bit, but having a world-class driver of his level in there, it showed. I mean, he made up, I would say, five spots a race on average just because it was him in the car and not somebody else. Yeah, I agree. And then I think, like, when I got, I look at last year's Bahrain and I see, you know, Botas finishing an eighth and I, yeah, I, I just feel, I don't see that. I feel bad for him because I I think he's a good driver. I just think he's he's just been forced out, obviously forced out of Mercedes, and he goes to a team that just can't support his his talent. Yeah, the kick Sauber team, as they call it now. <laughs> kick yeah. Sauber. We'll have to get used to that one, Matt. Gee, I know some of these some of these uh, the Sauber team is, is irritating to me. And then the the AlphaTauri team, which I actually think is uh, the Visa Cash App RB yep. team. Yeah. Well, that's a mouthful. Yeah. They, they just stick to the RB. But uh, yeah, I I actually like Yuki Sonoda a little bit. But yep. I, I, I mean, I thought a top ten was possible for him here. Uh, and then Daniel Ricardo, I feel like he could be he could be kind of auditioning for a better ride at some point. What do you think? Yeah, it's a it's a big year for him. I keep seeing all these rumors that he's next to fill in Sergio's seat, and that there's just he's always been the guy, right? But like, if he doesn't do well this year, I I don't see that. I don't see yeah. that at all. Like, if Carlos Sainz is going to be out there, I'd take Carlos Sainz over Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, no question, no doubt. No question Even though Carlos Sainz, you know, fuck, he's got he's got all kind of problems when he drives. So, yeah, and and then so speaking of, of Carlos Sainz, um, obviously I guess he's going to be the guy, the odd man out next year. Seems so like he it. he'll be going somewhere. Um, that that that's a soap opera in itself, as you know. Obviously, the big news of the of the off season is Lewis Hamilton going to go over to Ferrari, which is just just weird to even say, to be honest with you. Uh, just a, a stunning turn of events there. Uh, a team that's getting a lot of negative pubs so far and a team that was really coming on a lot late last year. Lando Norris, Oscar Piastri, and the McLaren team. What are your thoughts on them? I hear the testing has been awful, and uh, most people are recommending fading uh, McLaren this week. What, what would you say? Yeah, I, I, you know, Piastri didn't race well at Bahrain last year. I think he had an electrical problem, but... Fuck, I, I don't want to see them take a step back because seeing Piastri and Norris up there, like new people up towards the front to potentially ruffle the feathers of Verstappen, I love that. I don't yeah. want to see Verstappen just pull away every race. And then, honestly, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's that's what, uh, if you remember the Bahrain two years ago, so he won, obviously, won last year. And then two years ago, both... Red Bulls had uh, the uh, fuel pump failures. Yeah. So, I mean, he probably would have won that one, too. So, I mean, it's it's literally like you're you're just waiting for him to either get a penalty in qualifying or to have some sort of mechanical failure for him to not win these races. And it does suck because you're 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 just eliminating almost the entire field right off the right off the bat. So, yeah, I'm hopeful it gets better this year, but I'm not certain it will. No, I'm not either. But. I'll be watching every race. Right. Yeah. We're still gluttons for punishment. We'll still try to figure out ways to uh, make a little cash. What about the Alpine team? What do you think about Gasly and Ocon? Any Anything stick out to you from them guys? They're so iffy. They're so iffy to me because when they are off and they're like at, you know, at each other's heads, they're terrible. But when they seem to be working together, they actually do all right. They're pretty yes. much top tens most of the time. Yeah, I don't mind them, but again, the inconsistency gets them. Uh, you were pretty high on Alex Albon a lot last year. Mm -hmm. You gave us some good top tens with him. He finished top ten in this race last year. Um, what do you What are you thinking? What are you expecting out of him this year in the Williams team? 
I expect him to be the best driver at Williams again. I could honestly see him audition for another seat like Ricardo is doing. Right. I think that right. he has that much talent. He just needs to get out of the Williams umbrella. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, few people can survive that one anymore. Oh, I know. God. And then how about the Haas team? Hulkenberg and Magnussen. I mean, they same old from them, right? Stink. Yeah. I mean, Matt, that guy needs to sell his team to Andretti. <laughs> right. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of kind of uh helpless there um as they continue to uh I don't know. They just continue to every week. It's like one of those two dudes has some kind of crazy thing happen or something, but it's really not that crazy because you can kind of see it coming. You just don't know what it's going to be. Right. But here's the thing. Like they'll qualify like eighth. Right. But then in the race, they're finishing seventh. Fade immediately. They, yep. they, they don't even hang up there at all. Nothing. No yeah. chance. All right. So who, obviously Verstappen top pick this week. I mean, we yep. can't really go against them. Uh, what, what team, if any, or anybody you see being a decent top six or top 10 play this week? Alpine's in the top 10. Okay. Alpine's, Alpine's in the top I 10. Think, I, like I think it. Albon can get in the top 10 as well. I like it. Um, what do you think of Sergio Perez? Just I think lame duck. Just, I don't uh, know if he's as good of a driver or if he has incredible equipment. Right. Because Mac, I, I always think, like, what are they actually doing to Max's car? Right. That is making it, it that much better. Right? Head and shoulders over over everybody else because his is not like that but when Perez is when, when Perez seems to get into second place it seems like it's his for a lock yeah so yeah. I think it's big year for him I think he's got to do well or they can you know any reason that he doesn't do well is the reason they need to get him out of there yeah because you're going to have some guys that are going to be uh free agents you might see Carlos signs in that in that seat you, <laughs> you <know>? imagine that <laughs> well they he'd probably drive her staffing nuts uh that could be dangerous because at least the one thing about Checo is he's pretty he 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 actually handles it better than a lot of people would. Hell yeah, yeah. I I can't see Carlos signs and Max Verstappen being on the team. No, me either. But uh, well, it was good to have it back. We'll uh, look forward to the ball ring. Great. Now it's a weird. It's it's on Saturday. Yeah, what's up weird. with that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I had to look. I had to triple check that like three times to be sure that I was right about that. I'm like, okay, Saturday, but whatever. We'll take it when we can get it. I guess. Yeah, man. As long yeah. as it's not raining, I'll watch it. Yes, absolutely. All right, quick thoughts on uh, the Bucko so far in spring training. You know, you, 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 you <laughs> <laughs> I saw so many articles today that were like a, a loaded, a loaded Pirates like carried by Brian Reynolds and Key Brian Hayes. It's like, dude, it's fucking spring training, right? Yeah. Like, no, no. There's 162 baseball games that get played in a regular season. This is this is just a waste of time right now. Yeah, but basically just you know just getting Warming some up. practice cuts in and getting your arm stretched out for the pitchers. Marco Gonzalez was a little rough yesterday. And then <laughs> and then everyone's freaking out like Tamar Johnson. Oh, he has two home runs, dude. We have like five second basemen, and right. we need to figure out something to do with them. Right, you're We've right. Got Trollo, Gonzalez, Paguero, Johnson. That's four right there, and there's only one position that those guys can play. So, what what are they gonna do, Matt? What are they gonna do? I don't know. Shelty will figure it out. I'm uh, sure. I know. Shelty's Let's good. hope. Um, how about the Penguins? They've won three in a row now. Now they might not trade people, which is probably not good. That's the that's the issue. Is that you get a three game win streak, and now we're making the playoffs all of a sudden. It's Thinking like, they can win. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Canucks are good, but yes. the, you know, good hockey teams they they lose a game every now and then. Right. And then Jake's out, Rust's out. At least Raquel uh, got elevated to Sid's line, and uh, obviously that's coincidence. That he scores three goals in two games. What are the wow. odds? 
Shocking, huh? What are the odds? It's like it's just they make these moves too late, man. Way yeah. too late. Jari Jari played good again last night, so maybe they'll. They, I'm I'm telling you, people want him. If they could get rid of him, that would be a great great move for them for the future. But it's we'll a no see. brainer, Matt. It's a no brainer. We've been saying in here for for months, and uh, I doubt they'll do it. But we'll we shall see. Trade deadline next week. Uh, exciting stuff there. But Sam, thanks for joining us as always. Best of luck this week in the racing action. Enjoy the sports weekend, and we shall see you next week here on Better's Last Stand. Yes, sir, Matt. We'll be in touch. All right. Sounds Later. good, buddy. All right. That's Sam, the man from Upper St. Clair. All right. Sounds good, buddy. All right. That's Sam, the man from Upper St. Clair. Great winner last week with Daniel Suarez. Ron Blaney runs second for him. We had a great, great week in racing. We had a great week in golf. We were up again. Over 70, 74 units if you count golf in there, uh, 28.35 if you don't count the golf. So however you want to look at it, uh, we had a solid week again, so we're looking forward to trying to give you another great week. Check us out, BLS underscore PRP on X or Twitter for all the plays. I'll have the golf plays out again. Those are East Coast plays, so remember, start getting in a habit of this. I know it's not going to help you this week, but uh, each week I'll put those out on uh, Wednesday usually. So as we come back to the East Coast, we've got to – Keep it uh, up with the times and be sure that those plays are in early. So uh, we'll get ready to go with those. And I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Again, thanks to all of our sponsors, IC Cab, Jules Gentleman's Club, Gumby's, uh, Zambito Flooring America, Four Seasons Golf, Figuretti's, and Generations. And obviously our watchdog team. Check us out on the radio on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Lunch Madness continues. Plenty more to come. Nailers Watch Party on Friday down at Waterfront Hall. Uh, don't miss that. We shall see you next week here on Better's Last Stand. We'll be in show 77 talking more college basketball. We'll get the Mountain East Tournament next week over at West Bank Arena. Definitely want to check that out. So we may be having a abridged version of the show next week. Uh, but we'll see. We'll be able to give out all the plays that we do need to get out. Even if we're not able to get them on the show, we will get them out on Twitter or XBLS underscore PRP at the Pine Room Studios. You find all your content there. Vote on your Lunch Madness schools. Uh, lots of things going on there with the Pine Room Studios. So we thank you for uh, listening and watching, and we shall see you next week on Better's Last Stand. Have a great weekend. Welcome in, Better's Last Stand, back after a Thanksgiving hiatus. Last time we were seen over at Belmont Brew Works, had our buddy Rick on the on the show. He uh, had us over. It was a great uh, evening. We talked a lot about sports betting on the show, as always, and then uh, had a few drinks and uh, something to eat. So it was a good time. Chris here with me in the studio. Hello. 